0: This is Self Starter. Welcome, folks, to Self Starter Season Two. This is a podcast that highlights the small business owners, the self-employed, and freelancers who have taken the plunge to create their own desirable lifestyle. My name is Andy Dowling. I'm also the host of the Andy Social Podcast, and I play bass in the Australian metal band Lord. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching at Andy Dowling, or you can go to selfstarter.com.au where you can learn more about yours truly, as well as anything and everything to do with the self-employment world. This episode is with Tennille Bond of the Establishment Bar and Au Revoir Vintage Van located in Dubbo, New South Wales. And for my international listeners, Dubbo is located approximately 400 hundred kilometres northwest of Sydney. Now Tennille has a really interesting story to tell. Starting a bar was always her plan, and having a background in hospitality and retail, it appeared to be a goal that Tennille was destined to proceed towards and conquer. But then along came Joan. Inspired by her late grandmother, Joan is a vintage van that won the heart of Tennille and launched a successful business called Au Revoir, a travelling hospitality events van that's complemented countless numbers of weddings, engagements, community gatherings and much more, forming a fond memory to all of those who have utilised Joan's services. As the business grew and Joan's reputation continued to travel around the area, Tennille started to reflect and look back on her initial idea of starting her own bar. A concept that had always meant to come first, but had to be placed on hold when Joan came along and brought unexpected business success. Now, you see, when I reached out to Tennille over a year ago, it was to talk about Au Revoir, the vintage van business that seemed to be doing great things with an amazing story and persona attached to it. And at the time, Tennille wasn't available to chat and it made mention that another project was being worked on and was in the midst of being launched. Little did I know that it was going to be the Establishment Bar, and in fact, I didn't completely understand the story until we started speaking in this very episode. And while Au Revoir is still being run by Tennille and her family, there are plans to find Joan and the business a new home. Tennille's passion to run and now launch her own bar has meant that more time needs to be placed on the Establishment rather than Au Revoir. Luckily for Joan, however, all the hard work is done, and shortly, she'll be able to embark on the next chapter of her life this was an incredibly fun chat where Tenille's story really surprised me along the way. And while it didn't all go according to plan, it certainly worked out far better than Tenille would have ever have expected. To check out the establishment bar in Dubbo and their 1930s speakeasy vibe, and mind you, located right next to the Dubbo jail, which is pretty cool, you can check out the link's in the show notes over at sellstarter.com.au, or you can go to establishmentbardubo.com.au you can also say hello to joan and au revoir in the show notes as well as au vintagevan.com.au. for now though please enjoy this great chat with Tanil bond of the establishment
1: bar and au revoir I'm Neil Bond. I'm based in um, central New South Wales. I've got two small businesses at the moment. I recently had a, well I do still have, a small vintage caravan which we do bar service, events and coffee out of called Au Revoir Vintage Van and we also have just recently opened up a bricks and mortar business which is called the Establishment Bar in Dubbo. So that's a small boutique bar um, just recapturing the 1930s speakeasy vibe.
0: Wow. Okay. Because um, I guess for anybody listening uh, to this conversation, we actually connected quite a while ago. And at the time, you were just flat out and you didn't have much time to, to catch up and, and do this podcast. And you met, you did mention that you were about to start this other business. And I thought, okay, interesting. You, you certainly got your, your, your plate full. And, um, and this is the first that you've mentioned exactly what that business is. So that sounds really cool. And um, something that um, I dare say would be right up my alley as well, especially being a bar. So that's really cool. But um, no doubt that would that would definitely uh, keep everything sort of um, – it'd be, it'd be quite busy for you just to be able to juggle all these things.
1: Yeah, it's um. Look, I'm I'm a mum with two small children, so it yes. definitely takes a village. And my husband is a great support on the um on the other side of the fence too. He's the yin to my yang, so I definitely haven't done it by myself. But it is definitely um, worth in the struggle. But look, it works for us. And I, I believe when you do something, you do something that drives you. You you um. This has been a passion for mine for quite a while, and I uh, just despite every setback that you have I haven't been able to put it aside. And, um, yeah, like if that passion is still there and it drives you and you've got the right people behind you and, and it's not for everyone. Some things work for people and who would have thought maybe a, a, a mum with two small children would go into a nighttime business, but it worked for us and, yeah, it's been fantastic and very well received.
0: <laughs> On paper, it looks quite scary to be honest, but, um, but <laughs> you're, you're, you're proof in the pudding that it, that does, it can work.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just think, um, yeah, you do what you love. What they say, what's the thing they say? Do what you love, and you're never worth it in your life. We do like the hospitality industry. That's been in our, uh, we've been doing it for over 20 years. So both my husband and I, and um, yeah, it's what, um, what we know. It's what we love, and it's all about um, having that something different.
0: So. I'll get back to the establishment bar in, in a moment or a little bit further yeah. into our chat. Now, going back to Au Revoir Vintage Van, and that was what I first saw and, and the reason why I reached out to you, but I mean, you sort of just alluded to it then. What were you doing before you launched the van business? And, and, and I might, that sounds very sort, of, uh, very sort of basic when I say the, the van business, but um, what were you doing leading up to that? And were you already dabbling in sort of that self-employment world leading up to it? Or was this sort of all new ground for you?
1: No, um, I my background is administration, hospitality and retail. So since I left school I've been in the retail I have had two or three jobs going. It's just my husband always always working night working in the hospitality industry, so I just filled in my time. Um and before that I got the van I was a mum. I was a stay at home mum. So, um it obviously gave me a lot of a little bit of time on my hands to sit down in the afternoons and think about or in the evenings when he was still at work or when he was um, away working and it was just like what what do I want to do and how do I want to go back to work and I couldn't find work, that nine-to-five job and it's really really hard to find that nine-to-five job anymore and something that worked around us and our family and at the time we were living away from um, grandparents and any other people that helped you? So we were pretty much on our own, and we relied on daycare, and it was just like trying to find something that fitted in to our family life. So I made my own. Fair enough.
0: And would, was that sort of need uh, the first thing before the idea for the van sort of came came to be, or did you already have this sort of this sort of faraway sort of idea that you sort of dabbled in and came, came through your mind every once in a while. And it sort of just then connected after, after the fact, or were you sort of searching for, for something and then you came across this concept?
1: Well, it was a little bit of both actually. Um, I've always been searching for something i said before we moved, because we moved up where I'm um, based in central New South Wales, which is Dubbo. Mm. Um, and it's a large city, but it's still very much a small rural town. And, um, if that makes any sense, yeah, but yeah. yeah, still small and community minded. And look, I've always loved. I've been a big, you know, love where you're, you're at and make the most of what you've got. And we moved up to um, the Gold Coast, which was followed my husband's work. And um, it was, yeah, I found myself very isolated. And I always said when I was before we moved away that I would have one day would love to have opened a cafe, and I would have really loved to have done that with my grandmother. But unfortunately, I didn't get the opportunity to do that. So. Um, I kind of brought her along with me. So, yeah, it was the van was inspired by her. Um, A lot of it's based around colours of her, and she starts off very plain and simple, but it's just about creating that home away from home feeling at every event that we went to and that you were part of the family and we just took all the pressure off everything, and that's exactly what my name did. You always felt like you were taken care of. So and that's what we wanted to do with the with the van and I always said when I was when I had my little boy, you know, I said, Oh, he'll be sitting in his my little backpack on me and shaking the the tops on the, the chocolate on top of the cappuccinos when obviously <laughs> we are working. So I guess it was a little bit of a dream there but um it took a little while a little bit longer to come to fruition.
0: It's I mean, this is one of the big sort of draw cards uh for me to to reach out to you and have a chat because a big thing that I've seen uh a lot of other people starting their own business um, that works and sort of the secret source that um, people are starting to catch on to now is the story, the narrative that's attached to the business that makes it sort of identifiable and relatable. And it's got that personal touch. And the fact that you've called the van Joan and you've got this story that connects into, into your life and your family and, and all these events that sort of lead up to what the concept is I mean, even when I read it, I started thinking about my grandmothers, and I started thinking about sort of the experiences that I've had, and and uh, I've both my grandparents or all my grandparents have now moved on, um, and it was just a bit of a nostalgic sort of throwback when I sort of read the story, and I thought, oh, this is really cool, and it sort of hit me. Now, I'm not the type of person that goes out of my way to go and hire uh, uh, vans for events, uh, especially nice-looking ones like that or anything of the such, but. I instantly started thinking and looking into it more and finding an interest because of that initial connection. So was that something I mean, obviously, for you, there's a real passion and a deep connection and a driver behind it. But did you consciously think that you needed to sort of tell that story and put it out there for everybody to to see as well?
1: Well it's it's kind of my story. I guess you know mm. what I mean? like it's everyone has their own stories, and it was just it was that she was such a huge influence in my life and um, i am get a little bit teary up. Mm. It's been a long time since she's been gone, but she's always going to be a huge impact in my life, and she's the one that gives me that inspiration. She's the one that's driven it, and she's part of the family, and she's, I guess, and everyone feels like that with their grandparents probably, mm. but Joan isn't just, and that's the thing. The van, she's not just the van. She's got her own personality. She's got her own, um, she's got her own name. She's not just a prop she's a part of it and and that's what it was all about it was she was a set and forget service and we just took all the pressure off and it was all about you enjoying your day you enjoying your event and you being immersed into it and it just we've had such a great feedback from it about how everything was so much easier and you were worth more money and everything that you put into it just took the pressure off them and that's what your special day especially weddings is supposed to be about Mm. you're not supposed to be running around worrying about all the little things that's what we're there for and um yeah, that's, it was that niche in the market that wasn't being filled at the time and exactly right, the little personality of it and people love her. Like even people go, oh, you're Joan's mum. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, they they relate to it exactly as you say. So, yeah, and um, I, it, it, yeah, it wasn't a, a thought that came with it. It was just that this is just something I've always wanted to do and I wanted to do with my, my nan and I didn't get the opportunity. But you know what? Just because she's gone doesn't mean she's forgotten. Hmm. And she comes along with me everywhere. So, yeah.
0: Oh, I, I love it. It's fantastic. And, and no doubt it'd give you a, a, a real drive to to continue to push through and, and really make a success of, of the whole idea and that concept and, and making it a reality with having having all that around you and that story and that connection as well.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: So when when you launched it, and you went out there and you started, you know, advertising and and looking for those first few people, what sort of challenges did you have initially to sort of get everything up and running?
1: Um, I think the challenges is that, especially in a small rural-style community, especially in the middle of drought, which is what we're all experiencing out here in the Central West at the moment, it's like, Mm. is this an, an expense I can afford? So we kind of worked... I wouldn't say for free, but we, we pretty much threw everything into it and and kind of based a lot of what we did on the feedback and, and the reviews and what we gave to people. So just get your foot in the market and that people would know this is something that you really need. And look, from that, it was... Um, just, we just needed people to give us a chance, really. Like um, People do scrimp and save a little bit, especially when it comes to weddings. It's like, is this really worth it? Can we do it ourselves? Like, they always look at the DIY of it all. and mm. um, We just wanted to prove that this is really something that you don't want to have to worry about and it's something that we can take the whole pressure off you. And It just proved true after each event that we did and people were like, my goodness, this is just, yeah, you guys have outdone yourself. So it was just really nice to have that feedback as well and those testimonials that yeah it is something that's needed and sometimes the money is worth putting into those things
0: yeah absolutely i mean i think um, <laughs> i've just wrote it down in front of me it's like that the the feedback and the reviews and those testimonials are currency in themselves like it's it's if anything especially being in that sort of early stage to, at the beginning it's it's far more valuable than money to in some arguments it, it's something that you need you need that sort of groundswell that uh, that word of mouth to get out there to really sort of give people the confidence to work with you, and then the money will come later on down the track. And um, it's 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 a great thing to do. How how did you sort of find these people initially? Did you go through your inner circles of your you know, your local community, your friends, um, you know, mutual friends, things like that initially, or did you sort of just start the the old school advertising path?
1: Well, that's I was going to touch on that actually. Um, you, as you were saying before. Yeah, you can market yourself. You can put yourself and start spending so much money in advertising through um, different forms of media, and and that's a great option. But first of all, you need to prove your worth as well. People can see you on paper, but they're like, oh, when they look at you, oh, can I afford that money? It's that worth, that proof of worth that, Mm. yes, it is worth it. Yes, it is worth the money. And that's where we, luckily, we came back home. I guess, to do it because it was that niche in the market. It was nothing that was – there was a void in the market that was missing. And um, I told the story from Day Dot. We were going to pick her up. Here she is. She's being – you know, she's being dressed. She's being painted. We're fitting her out. Like, it was the whole – you know, it was like bringing your baby home. And um, we had our first booking on our way home from Queensland. We got it. Um, she was – made by Woody Caravans yeah. up in the couple of others at the Gold Coast so they're a small family owned business as well and, and we touched really well with them. We just kind of clicked and they're doing the same thing, driving their passion. A lot of it's about their parents and that as well and um, yeah, so we did the whole story. We we're on our way home and I got a two phone calls. One was through a real estate agent that wanted to use it as something different with their marketing and then I got a wedding sped up from a friend from social media that was doing the same thing and um, yeah, wanted, wanted something different and she's just beautiful. She markets herself a lot too but you don't want to fall into the comfortable stage of like, oh yeah, we'll see her out but we planted our website on the back of her so everyone saw exactly from day dot where we were and they could go straight to the website and see what we had to offer and we put it all out there because that also helped with a few of the cold calls of like how much are you and what people knew what they were looking for what we provided and it was all there because most brides were looking like realistically at 10 o'clock at night scrolling through the internet or social media and um, that's where we got our start really. Um, So and then from there it was word of mouth and and we went into the local bridal fair which is lots of people come from from, um, we have a Dubbo's a a city of like a little bit over 40,000 but we have a catchment area of all the little local towns that are surrounding us and that goes Mm. up to 130,000 so you know, even if you get one person come in, they're like, "Wow, I just saw this brandy thing happening." You've hit another ten people, so yeah, I think a lot of it was a little bit more word of mouth, and people knew what you were doing so much more though than putting it on paper yeah. and then expecting someone to buy that paper.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, I think the the strategy that you that you took, like doing the whole prep and and. Bringing people along for the journey before the launch was even there, and saying, you know, um, she, she's getting dressed and all these sort of things, and she's coming home, and and it, and I think even just the way that you explained, it, it's very relatable. People go through that in their everyday lives if they're bringing a newborn home. Or they know somebody that's just had a child, it's an exciting time, there's a lot of anticipation and excitement around that and, and you Yeah, and they wanna to to... share
1: in the joy with you. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> absolutely. And so and that's and that's a big draw card for people. It's it's an exciting moment. So they wanna they wanna connect and be as close to that excitement as possible. So it's a it's a fantastic way. And and as you as you said after that it's sort of you know, you, you make sure you're in the right spots where people are gonna be and, and it can be visible and, and The product itself the service that you provide is is very visible and it's uh it's something that is quite appealing on the eyes when you look at it so it attracts people um so it can't sell itself in a way but um as you mentioned you've you've got to sort of stay on your toes as well but you did mention really quickly um and i thought this is another great thing that you do is on your website and as you mentioned you sort of map out everything about the van and what's involved and the costs and the t's and c's and everything's there and it's really really easy to read um, did you have a couple of sort of bad experiences in the past, not so much with this business, but something in the past where you'd sort of experienced something you thought, I don't want to do that, I want to make sure that I'm really transparent and people don't have to ask those questions?
1: Yeah, I think it was something I related to what would I be looking for. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of it is you just got to do your own research too. you got to find out, okay, what, do you, what will I go out to look for? Um, what do I want? And look, I'm an ideal. Hence the reason I've opened a bar um, <laughs> because I'm up during the night. I'm that's when I'm alive. I'm the I'm the one that the mover and shaker at the middle of the night. That's that's can't go to sleep until after midnight. Very rarely will I be um, in bed early, so um, I'm always up doing my research and checking these things and going to all my social media. At, at, in the middle of the night, and of course you can't make a phone call to someone at um, ten o'clock or twelve o'clock in the in the morning because they won't be very happy to answer it. Um, so <laughs> having it all there. When, and we're all in a busy lifestyle these days. We, as I said before and I touched on, we don't have that nine-to-five job anymore. No. So we are all working different hours. So it's just making people's life easy. Um, and it's just keeping it simple. Just stick with simplicity. Um, and that's something we, we found with both of our businesses. We just wanted to find it, do your research, find a niche in the market. What's going to dif- differentiate yourself from someone else? Because there's no use doing the same thing or, you know, okay, I'd love to open a cafe, but if you're opening 7 to 3 the same that everyone else is doing, what's going to make you different? Mm, Absolutely. And how how that's going to drive your success? Because we did the same thing with our bar. Um, Before we even opened it, it was the mystery of it. People know me in my area. Um, We were in the middle of the CBD. We were in the middle of the main street. Everyone knew what was coming along. They heard whispers about it, but they didn't know who it was where it was, the location wasn't even um, let out. We had over 1,200 followers across social media before we even opened, just on wow. the anticipation of what is happening. <laughs> so, and we're seven weeks in and we've got over 3,000. So, it's across social media, both forms of social media. And they're always following along, waiting to see what's happening next. So, um, but we, we're being very mindful in the fact that we don't want it to be always something happening, but we just want to keep that momentum going that we want to offer a new experience. So, um, yeah, I look, I'm not a marketing executive by any means, but it just, it was what I was looking for. What well, would I want?
0: I think, so, you, I, think would I, I think you're doing a great <laughs> job. I think you're doing a great job. I mean, and I think that big thing is having the perspective of understanding that if you're on the other side of the of the phone or the, or the screen or whatever it is, you know, what what are you comfortable with and what, what makes you uncomfortable? And, you know, even when I looked uh, sort of in the section on, on the website and you went through the packages and everything was sort of preset, and it, and it listed everything to that you would expect the requirements from your end but also what to expect if you were going to go ahead and hire one of these packages and and the best thing about it was there was there was a base price where so many websites I got and it's a personal sort of struggle that I go through when I want to get a quote for something you go through and it gives you all this information it's fantastic and then when you go and click on the button to go and get a quote it sends an email or it's a phone number and I'm like I don't want to talk to someone I want, I just want to get an, a ballpark understanding of potentially what I'm in for and you do a really good yeah, job of that I want to crunch
1: way. the numbers
0: now <laughs> yeah yeah that's right and you, yeah. you you've got that base you've got that baseline and obviously there's a lot of potential variation in in that cost depending on what people want to do but at least at least people got an understanding of what sort of where's my budget going to have to be? Where's it sit? And you don't want to have that awkward conversation with someone on the phone where you realise that you've 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 completely priced this out of the ballpark in the wrong direction, and you have to sort of find a way to get out of this conversation without looking like you've been an absolute time waster. Uh, so it's great yeah. it's great that you've been able to do that. And I guess going into with the bar now, and you, you sort of said this before, and it's one of these things like how do you do it? But I would assume that with business with the with, uh, Au Revoir and and the way that you've got the website set up and it's very structured, it's very automated in a way, did you sort of get it to a level of um, autonomy that you, it was so self-managed and the amount of time invested in it was reducing to a fact that it was able to be managed to a degree that you could then open up more time for yourself to then start this next venture?
1: Yes, that's exactly why we did what we did with it because, look, I'm a, I'm a busy mum, um, my children were, I was was working a part-time job. job. My husband was living away um, out of town. I was, I'm very thankful for the village that I've got around me by both our grandparents and my sister and my husband and everything that helps all the cogs turning in it. Mm. Um, And, but trying to juggle them all with doing it, with doing everything, I couldn't, I couldn't um, have the tie kickers. Look, we love all our clientele, but the one, exactly as you said, they want an old price, but all the questions, you need to put it all out there. It helps them, it helps you, and it doesn't waste anyone's time because we're in a busy world these days and we really don't have the time to waste. That's so, and yeah, me getting home at five o'clock at night, then um, trying to return phone calls and emails and messages and stuff, I just, yeah, I'm still mindful that you don't want to send messages at nine o'clock at night. I'm still got that old school eight o'clock eight thirty you knock off you don't ring people after that time yeah. um even though i have to be a little flexible with my hospitality industry but <laughs> um with with sometimes you do your your um orders and that later, but no one checks their emails after that time and if they do then that's on them not me so um yeah it's a bit the phone calls and that is a bit difficult when you need to return a phone call so yeah we and my husband his background is in um his oh He's such a smart man and so he made my life so much easier by going, yep, we'll set this up, this, this, this. And and as we said, research from other people and see what someone does well and then try and take inspiration from that and make it your own. That's what I believe. And, um, yeah, we did that with everyone else's little businesses and we saw what they were doing and and we just tried to to take inspiration from those and make it our own and, and what worked for us. And it's been working great, so... Touch wood. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Did you did you see, you know, going back a few years that you would be in a position that you are now, where you've got two businesses on on the go, and 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 obviously all the family stuff as well. Just this life that you that you're living. Did you did you sort of see that you were sort of going to have a number of different things that you would you know uh, be dabbling in and, and running at the same time? Is that sort of your personality and something that really appeals to you? That it wasn't a shock to the system as such.
1: Um, I think it is still a shock to the system. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm a pretty a humble little farmer's daughter from out west. So um, my parents are like, we're just, yeah, we're, I'm a cocky daughter. So <laughs> it's just head down, bum up type of thing. And I've, <laughs> no matter what though, life is. we've always seemed to do things the hard way in the fact that it has to be like this and it has to be done right the first time. Because as I say to my son now, we have to set the foundation right. It's like building a house. You have to have the right foundation because if you're going to build your house on a better of sand, mm. it's going to fall down in a few years' time. You have to build on a solid foundation. And, um, yeah, I think my father's instilled a little bit of that in me. Um, however, I've probably become a little bit more flexible and, and looked for a few shortcuts to make things work. But um, he yeah, always, it would take him a long time to get something done, but it was done and it was done right and it was going to stay like that. So, um, yeah, you take a little bit of, of your life. Um, lessons in that, but I wanted to simplify my life, and it's funny to think <laughs> to think this is simplifying our life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's working for us, as I said, things work. It's funny, different things for different people, but this is working for us, and um, yeah, I I definitely can't do it without our village, though they are amazing, and they're a wealth of support, and they're along for the ride as well. So, yeah.
0: Oh, and I think if I mean yeah, you mentioned it before, if uh you know, if it if you're doing something you love, then it doesn't really feel like it work at all anyway. So it can be, and I think it comes into this whole self-employment world where people have a bit of a panic when they get out of the traditional job and they realize, oh, I can't just clock off at 5pm and that's it, my end of my day and I can zone out on the couch. Like potentially you could be just working at any hour, um, very inconsistent times and Things can pop up and you have to address things, and you have to be the firefighter, and and you have to strategize, and you have to wear all the hats. But the really, int- well, the really great thing about it is that if you're really passionate about it, something that you love doing. Then it's n- it's nowhere near as overwhelming as you would expect, you know, compared to something that you completely. Uh, detached from and disinterested in. So um you know obviously the fact that you you're completely passionate about all this stuff that you do and everything in your life you're able to juggle these different things which is it's fantastic but for someone from the outside looking in you go wow this is um this is this is a big feat it's it, it's impressive.
1: Yeah and I feel exactly the exactly same way. I look at, I used to look at these mums and they'd be bummed from one thing to another and I'm like oh my gosh how can they work a full-time job and put their kids through all these sports and all these things and I'm like I I don't see us doing so much of that, but I guess if if from someone else's eyes, it it probably looks the same. And yeah, it's as you said, I don't really feel like I'm working as hard as I was when I was working for someone else, but I'm not on their clock either. I'm on my clock. That's right. And that makes it work because I'm like, okay, well, today or this week, I can only get through this. And you know what? That's okay because this is what I need to focus on at the moment. And um, these are the things I need to get done. And my husband comes up with all these strategies of the things that we need to do because he's a very much a full planner and he's got these great ideas. And I'm like, I'm, I'm totally there with you, but today I just need to focus on this. And um, yeah, and it's just all about communication and and, and um, doing what is in within your means because if you burn yourself out, well, nothing's going to work. So it's a bit of self-love and a bit of self-care, but I feel extremely lucky that I, I don't feel like I'm working as hard as what I want. <laughs> um, even though you're probably working a lot harder like when we were setting this um, bar up. Not one thing went right. We were at the bar almost every night until midnight and we are working away but I was (laughs) happy. It's funny. Yeah and the kids were right there alongside us like so um, not every night but they were there knocking down walls and getting into it and we're a team. So we work around and we make things work together and if we want to achieve something we help each other out. So that's what worked for us. Do you think that
0: the success of the bar so far and obviously it's only a few weeks so it's been up and running so it's very very early but um you mentioned before just the the attention that it's it's uh, brought um before it even launched and, and a few weeks in now do you think that that sort of has with the with the other business being Aurovite, do you think that has sort of helped the bar sort of um, get an initial boost from just existing clientele and existing audience that you had out there and the connections that you'd built through that other business and was able to sort of give you just a little bit of a boost to sort of get this up and running and get that clientele in a lot quicker than maybe somebody else that's coming in completely cold without the community around them?
1: Um, no, because I only just let out last week that we were associated. So, um, um, I was like, yeah. A lot of my uh, au revoir clients, because I wanted to speak to, um, we are, look, I'm being very realistic. Um, I'm Joan, It's time for Joan to, she's grown up, she's <laughs> going to leave the nest, um, but we still want her to go to a loving home and give someone the same opportunities we have because I do need to be realistic and I can't do both. I did bite off a little bit more than I could chew when I got up. Got home at three o'clock the other morning and got up at five o'clock trying to, to so I could um, get oh. <laughs> get in and get coffee done. So I had two hours sleep. I live out oh, of town as horrible. well. So um, <laughs> I was. I, I'd like to keep my corporate clients, and I've got some amazing um, clients that we um, we do some great work with, and, and the collaborations that we've built around town. I just. Yeah, but you, you can see yourself burning out. So I've only just let it out. But I wanted to let my brides know too that I will stick by what I say and I'm looking for the right person for her as well that's got the same passion and, and same drive and doesn't want to just... I'm not there to tell someone how to run their business, but we've got this great... It's a walking walkout. walk-out. I've done all the hard work for you. Everything's been done. She's on the road. She's ready to go. She's grown up. Give her a great home and she'll do you good. So, um, yeah, the success of the bar was... It was really a, a niche in the market that mm. wasn't filled. Um, so, and so a lot of people, as I said before, didn't even know it was me. So, that success kind of went on the mystery. I think it was that intrigue that really drew them in on that one. But. Um, was that a big? Yeah, reason, didn't
0: really. Was that a big reason why you decided just to keep it quiet? Was to to build that mystery around it, or was it was there another reason why it was you felt it was more comfortable to sort of, to sort of take this path rather than just letting everyone know as soon as the idea came into your head?
1: No, it was just it was the intrigue behind it was um, the fact that not one thing went right, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and my deadlines kept kept moving on and moving on, and. Um, The bar was my passion from the start. It was something I always wanted to do and um, Joan was going to be my second thing. She was going to be when I actually finished doing the bar and get that all up and then she was going to be crazy and I'd just potter around in her. But it happened the other way around. Like I just kept hitting roadblock after roadblock after roadblock and I was questioning, why am I doing this? Did I make the right decision? Did I move us all home? And I questioned everything. And um, you just, one knockback after another knockback, you just felt, so deflated and it'd take you months to come back up. So five years ago, I moved home to do this little venture and it just didn't evolve. And then, but Joan was, and I think everything happened for a reason. And I think my men might've been there along with it going, this is what needs to happen first. And Joan taught me a lot. Like that adventure, that experience with her taught mm. me so much. And I think that's led me to this next step and that's why it didn't work. When all those other ones and, and this opportunity came up, and I was like, "Oh, we just got, grabbed it with both hands." And um, yeah, so it kind of everything went backwards to my original plan, but it's worked the way it probably should have. And I'm a big believer things happen for reasons, and there's a lot of things of the universe happening behind you and to make these work. And there's a lot of more people um, behind the scenes that are that are bringing these things to fruition. I think so. It's what's meant to be is meant to
0: be. Oh, I love it! What a story! I mean, the fact that <laughs> the, the fact that it didn't go to plan just makes it that much better. And I no doubt for you, just you know, being there and and being at the centre of it all, um, it just would mean so much more and, and be so much more exciting and fulfilling because it's gone the way that it has and, and it hasn't gone to plan. And you've had these these roadblocks and these these uh, sort of misstarts along the way, but you've sort of somehow managed to to really make a great thing out of. The second, this uh, stage two, and then you've gone back to stage one, and and you're you're often often flying. You're you're, you're off at the races and doing doing great things.
1: Yeah, the passion never dies. I think so. The passion I couldn't I couldn't kill it. It was it was still there. It took me three months to pick myself back up, but I would pick myself back up, and then I get onto a new thing. Like, oh, I can make this <laughs> work, and we'll see how this goes. And yeah, and then you hit another roadblock, and you think, oh my goodness. So, but I was willing to, to um, be a bit flexible on my vision of what I wanted but it had to be what I saw in my head for it to work and, and if it didn't work. And, yeah, Joan's my baby but sometimes your babies grow up and you've got to let them let them go And um, but she'll still be always be my baby but, um, yeah, sometimes I've got to go to college. So <laughs> you've got to let them go. <laughs>
0: I'm getting emotional just talk. listening to you say that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know. And I'm still looking for the right person for course, her. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of people that are extremely passionate and wanting to do the same things. And I think it's it's nice that mums can see other mums doing it. We've, we're really lucky in Dubbo. We've got a great group of young, supportive, entrepreneurial women that are just living their passion. And we're all supporting each other. And my food and my photography and... The things that we use within the van and that we're also now using in in the bar, just having that support from those people that we're all supporting each other and supporting locals, great where you can where you can do it. But if they're supporting you back too, and they just build you up and they just keep you going, and it's it's not a competitive environment anymore. Like um, and I'm grateful for that. but It's not that old school dog eat dog world, and mm. I think it's yeah we're changing, and it's nice to have that support not just from your family but from those around you cheering each other on not waiting to see someone fall because they're not getting to that stage at the moment so and I've been look I've been really lucky with that even through my mother's group when I had my first child so um just to have those supportive people around you it just is like yes we're going through that too so I think that helps a major um uh, majorly as well but um no I just feel very lucky very blessed and I just think if you keep things simple and that's what it's about—just keeping it simple and living what you—the vision in your head—and it might just happen.
0: <laughs> I love it, and I mean, this is,
1: sorry, this I tend is, to ramble. <laughs> no, no, it's
0: perfect because I, I think a big thing—and people that have been listening to this for a, for quite some time—you um, know—a lot of the inspiration initially came from. Sort of living in regional parts of the country, and you know, just the the, the hot topic, the hot topics in the in the, in the old newspaper or on tel- television or whatever it is, is you know things around you know unemployment or you know uh, industry shutting down and lack of opportunities and uh, you know welfare going up and all these all these horrible things, and and it's all sort of on the negative side of it, and. And I sort of look around and think, you know what, like there's, there is so much available um, for us to, you know, even without the internet, I mean, the internet's just the game changer uh, on top of everything else, but, you know, there's with a little bit of initiative and, and not even, you don't even have to have a really active, creative mind, something very simple because we all need the same things. Uh, and I think just with a little bit of drive, um, people can certainly carve out their own little spot in the community and, and do, do quite well. But um, with the internet, now people can live anywhere and create their own business and it can be a face-to-face business with a service or a product or you can do something online as well and it's just it's great to hear lots of stories of people that um are finding success and and really making something of them in sort of the more regional areas but also as you said it's changing, like, it's, it's not the dog-eat-dog dog sort of world anymore and people are more supportive and, and understanding that opportunities are quite plentiful and if we help each other, then we're going to find success a hell of a lot quicker than uh, everyone sort of, you know, on their own trying to work it out themselves.
1: Very true. Exactly right. And I just think if you believe in yourself, it's good to have someone believe in you. It, it drives you, but you need to believe in yourself as well. And if you want something... Come hell or high water, it is not going to stop you. Um, And I just think there is so much, so many things in the world at the moment that can get you down, you can get so overwhelmed with. Mm. But try to look at the positives because you know what? There's always going to be something there. There's always going to be a new day. And look, we're we're in the middle of drought. We've been through it for so long and there's so many people way worse off than us. But one day it will rain and it does and it's not a lot but it gives you hope for the next thing. And then one day someone's going to offer a handout and give you that option, and, and you're not going to feel so alone because you'll know that they're going through the same thing that you are. And that's the thing in your business, I think, too. When you're If there's something you want to do, who is anyone else to tell you that you can't?
0: I started this conversation off all about au revoir, and yes. and we've 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 gone down this path, and even me as as I'm learning this story from you, understanding where everything's going now, and it's going in a different direction. Um, so the establishment establishment bar is 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 now your new baby in a way. And uh, where where can people have a sticky beak? How can they how can they get in touch with you, and how can they find the bar? Give me some give me some details, so I can go and have a look myself.
1: There is a few little tourist attractions in Dubbo. So obviously we've got the Western Plains Zoo, which is what we're known for, and the other major tourist attraction is the Old Dubbo Jail. So you walk down this little cobblestone alley at the Old Dubbo Jail, and um, as you walk down there, we're right next door to it. So which works in perfectly for our little speakeasy bar because speakeasy is to speak quietly so as not to alert the authorities, which are right next door to us. So um, we this little hidden bar. Up the stairs behind a little dark door and then boom, you've got this 1930s inspired lounge bar Um, and it's small and intimate but it's right across the road from the cinemas and it's from 4pm every evening, Monday to, I mean Thursday to Monday, we're open and yeah, it's just offering post dinner drinks, pre dinner drinks and just somewhere to go. So yeah, it's been very well received.
0: It's lovely. Oh, fantastic! Well,
1: keeping
0: I'll, it simple. I love it, and um, I'm I'm getting a visual in my head of this uh, nice little little hideaway. So I'll I'll definitely go and have a sticky beak, and I'll put a bunch of links. Yeah. And I'll get some uh, photos from you as well to put in the show notes as well. But um, to Neil, wow, um, completely unexpected, but I'm so glad we connected, <laughs> and uh, what a great story! Thank you so much.
1: Oh, thank you, Andy, for reaching out. It was lovely to speak to you.
0: To learn more about Tennille from the establishment bar in Dubbo, you can click through to the show notes on your preferred podcast player or you can go over selfstarter.com.au where you'll find more details from our guest as well as my key takeaways. Number one, personifying the product and creating an origin story. It all seems so natural and genuine when it comes to the story of Joan. I never got to meet Tennille's grandmother, but when you learn of Joan the Van's story, you almost get a feeling of what kind of person her grandmother was. Well, I do know that Tennille's story does come from the heart. From a business perspective, however, the personification and origin story that can be created around a business is genius when it comes to tugging at the heartstrings and connecting with the general public. If you can make whatever you are doing relatable to others, then you're halfway there. As a result of the great story behind Joan, I now genuinely hope that she finds a great new home and continues to bring joy to others. Who would have thought, right? Number two, reviews as well as feedback equals currency. Now, the secrets and value are in those comments. Having customers make the effort to express themselves both positively and otherwise uncovers many tips and answers to making your business succeed. Long, long ago, someone once told me that every complaint is a gift. As crazy as it sounds, it's true. And you can extend this to any form of communication you receive from a customer. Take it seriously. Thank them and interrogate it objectively to see how you can do better. The feedback can be priceless. Number three, there is always tomorrow. No matter how hard it gets, do not give up. Living in northwestern New South Wales, Tanil used the current drought as an example of the hardships that many people have to go through. While the example is extreme when it comes to the everyday self-employed person, it does teach us all that no matter how hard it gets, there is always tomorrow. We need to keep pushing through the tough times, be selfless to others, and do all we can to keep our head up and not give up. Whether it be in business or in our general lives, it's an important message that we should all be preaching and practicing. And number four, there is enough to go around. Times are a-changin'. With the connectivity of the internet, more knowledge and information is at our fingertips, and that old dog-eat-dog world is drifting away to be nothing but a distant memory. We don't have to stress as much anymore about competition or holding on to knowledge. Many people are understanding that there are more than enough opportunities to go around, and everyone has an opportunity to find their own place in the self employment world. As a side note, even I've started to practice this when it comes to podcasting by launching my own How to Start a Podcast series on YouTube. Don't hold on to the knowledge, share it. We're done. To learn more about this episode and previous ones, check out selfstarter.com.au. And if you want to have a squeeze at my other podcast, the Andy Social Podcast or the band Lord, or anything else that's happening in my world, you can go over to AndyDowling.net. Really looking forward to having you back for the next episode of Selfstarter.
1: Larry. Very pleased.